Virginia. William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Welcome back to Caught Listening, the baseball podcast that goes beyond the white lines. Broadcasting with you every single week as part of publichousemedia.org. Christian Eimler here with you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, share us with your friends and family. You can find us on social media as well. Just search Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for Caught Listening by Public House Media. Or you can email the show, caughtlisteningphm at gmail.com. Well, uh, baseball's Hall of Fame ballot will be released next week, and a couple of people potentially could be joining uh, Derek Jeter and, and Todd Helton in Cooperstown this year. Of course, the 2020 class will be inducted in 2021 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But what's interesting that I think for a lot of people is what goes into a Hall of Fame voter? Who are the Hall of Fame voters? How do they become Hall of Fame voters? And what goes through their mind? How do they judge those players who are on the ballot? Well, to help us talk about that is Brian Heyman, freelance writer who's been a voter for over a decade now for the for the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Brian, really, really appreciate your time. And if you could, what was that process to become a voter for the Hall of Fame? Well, you had to be an active uh member of the uh, Baseball Writers Association of America for at least 10 years mm-hmm. to become eligible, and then, and then you're in. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, eventually they will, uh, you know, if you're not covering the game regularly, uh, you know, they changed the rules recently, so I think uh, uh, maybe for a period of 10 years, then you do not get your vote anymore. Mm-hmm. So you enjoy it while it lasts, although <laughs> I must tell you it's one of the hardest things I do each year. And it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of fans, and we'll get into this because you know there's the steroid era, there's so many other things, there's the off-the-field issues, there's so many things that come into a vote and how fans perceive the vote. And I think one of the, the negative things that fans perceive, and, and I think they perceive it wrongly, is that a majority of Hall of Fame voters consider themselves almost the gatekeepers of the game, of, of the history of the game, and, and, and that they're the moral compass of the game for whatever reason or, or, or whatever have you, how do you take your responsibility? What kind of thought goes into it when this time comes around and you get that ballot and you open it up for the first time? Well, uh, yeah, as I said, it's very difficult because there's so many, you know, each year, at that, you know, towards the end of the year, they send out the ballots there mm-hmm. uh, in November, and it, it's a struggle. It, it really is um, because, you know, some people, all right, there's, there's a, the no-brainer types, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Derek Jeter, who's right. going to be honored with this, this year's class, uh, the, the Willie Mays of the world. Uh, and then there's people who, you know, they're kind of on the borderline. Should they? Shouldn't be? 
so you know it is a, it's a it's a very uh, difficult thing each year, especially with the, with those with those types. So you, you're you're looking at all you know different types of things, and you know for me, uh, I don't I don't vote for the the alleged uh, PED guys. Um, I don't know if I would call myself the moral gatekeeper. I don't think I would. I would just think I, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's not the end of the world if these guys get in, but if I have reasonable suspicion through evidence that's out there in the public domain that you cheated, I really don't want to help you. I, I don't don't think it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, as as we go along in time, you know, I think, you know, there, there's the kind of stereotyping now of younger voters that they don't really uh, care as much about that. <laughs> right. And that, and so the vote totals, you know, have been going up uh, for Bonds and, and Clemens as, uh, as alleged uh, people in that category where they're close. And uh, um, so I think, you know, there's only you know, one year left for, for those right. two guys after yeah. this year. And they're you know, they're, they've been right on the, the kind of the cusp there where they're uh, around 70 percent and mm-hmm. uh, you need 75 percent to get in. So I, I don't, you know, I, I'd be surprised if they got in this year, even though they're close. But, you know, a lot of magical things happen in that 10th that <laughs> and final year. And uh, so, uh, you know, if they got in next year, I wouldn't be surprised. But I won't be voting for them. So, so let me ask you this before, because again, it, it is one of those things, and I, I think you know me personally, obviously not having a vote, I've looked at it over the last couple of years as these are two players who have had such a tremendous impact on the game, whether negatively or positively. Bonds' numbers are astronomical, and yes, the majority of that, uh, I shouldn't say the majority, but the most, the, the tail end of that is all inflated, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, he was still a tremendous player beforehand. You can say that the same thing about Clemens. But what's interesting is that you look at how their numbers have progressed in last year, 61% roughly for both Clemens and Bonds. With 2022 being the final year for them on the ballot, could you see a scenario, because it's not just the Hall of Fame, it's not just your the voters who elect. There is the... Um, the and, and, and it's escaping me now, but you have a committee who votes on players who have exceeded their time on the ballot and who have that opportunity to get in in that next phase, so to speak, of of that era. Um, Could you see a situation where Clemens and Bonds don't get voted in by by the writers, but in a couple of years they get voted in as, as part of that, as part of that era? Sure. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, You you know, it's, you know, I guess it depends on the uh, people on the committee, and uh, you know, did they, you know, did they have the ties to these players? Mm-hmm. Do they, you know, not, you know, kind of overlook the uh, the suspicions about them? Do they, I mean, do they say, well, you know, uh, who knows who was doing what during that right. that era, and uh, why should we penalize uh, those guys? Uh, you know, I could, I could. You know, I could see that. I could see that. Ha- I could see that happening. I'm not sure. Yeah, obviously, I'm not sure if, if it if it will. Uh, but I, you know, I think even more than this year's election, next year's election uh, among the baseball writers is going to be very very interesting. 
it, it certainly will. And um, again, and I think a lot of it too, because I almost wonder this: how much does it play on who else is on the ballot? Because you knew in nineteen, or excuse me, you knew in twenty, they weren't going to get in, but Jeter, because because Jeter was on the list. I wonder, and I've wondered this because I believe it was two thousand. 13 when we did not have anybody getting inducted and it's the veterans committee that I'm, I, I I forgot a moment ago but nobody got voted in by the writers and I wonder how much baseball or Cooperstown whoever it is disliked that and just hated that moment for the sport but then you look at it with the writers who sit there and you say you know what we're not going to vote in um, Bonds and Clemens because we have Jeter yet this year you look at it and there, the only other person you, you could vote in is Kurt Schilling, who also has his off-the-field issues that people have voted against him for. How much of those guys, those, those suspected steroid users, is also controlled? Or have you ever you know, looked at who else is on the ballot and go, you know what, they're going to have their time another time? Uh, personally, I, I haven't done that. Um, there are... You know, you're allowed to vote, uh, vote for 10 guys mm-hmm. each year, up to 10 people. I have traditionally been a, uh, tried to be a hard marker, and sometimes I think, oh, I'm too hard, and I've had a, I've had a lesson, uh, lessen my standards a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to say, uh, you know, what, what's, what's going to happen going forward. I mean, with the case of Schilling, Here's another dilemma that I that I come to. Yeah. Um, I have the rules right in front of me, uh, and it says voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the teams on which the player played. Now, the integrity and character, you know, you know, I really think, uh, you know, with what you know, Schilling has kind of his baggage post post career. It makes it difficult. I mean, writers say, you know, I I'm not standing up. Uh, I'm not going to vote for an intolerant person, and I'm leaving him off off my ballot. And you know, I and in my own head, you know, I'm trying. It's like interpreting the Constitution or something. I'm trying to say, <laughs> well, did did they mean that the uh, integrity and character should be while the player was playing? Right. And that's what that's what I've tried to stick to so with Schilling you know I didn't vote for him at first not not for his any character thing just you know he kind of his case kind of grew on me as I review and review each mm-hmm. year and then you know you look at his postseason record and 216 wins and and um, so I you know I, I voted uh, have voted for him the last few years but you know and then I say in my own head well what if they in their post career that they commit some sort of heinous crime or whatever would would i uh would i then bend my own rules uh and i you know i think you know if you you killed somebody whatever i i I don't think i'd have it in me to vote to vote for you uh but uh, so you know it's another it's another thing like it's such so subjective you got all you know right Every different writer is, uh, you know, evaluating this in a different way. Are they looking at advanced metrics? Are they looking at off the field? Are they looking mm-hmm. at the eye test, which was very important? Right. Um, and, and I'll tell you one other guy who I didn't vote for, who's getting a lot of support, uh, is Scott Rowland. I mean, yeah. he's a great, great defender. I don't know if he's the best offensive player I've uh, ever saw. So I didn't think of him as a Hall of Famer during his career, and I haven't voted for him, but he's getting a lot of support. Um, 
Another tough guy to judge, I think, in a certain extent, is Omar Vizquel. He's, oh, yeah. He was an excellent defender, although the, some of the advanced metrics kind of you know, take a little bit off that luster. But still, I mean, he has a million gold gloves. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I look, he had 2,800 hits or so, but it was yep. like over such a long period of time. And I just, you, you look at his seasons, and I just don't see the offense there um, to, to carry him, carry him along. So I, I struggle with that guy every year, but I didn't, <laughs> I did not, I did not vote for him. And this is his uh, fourth year. Yeah. And, and I can't blame you because, you know, I'm looking at the hall of fame ballot this year and you know, it, it's, I can't imagine the, the internal struggle and debate because again, that, that eye test, you look at a guy like Kurt Schilling, his numbers, 216 wins. He didn't even get to 220. Um, he wasn't, you know, tremendously talented in terms of his relief appearances that he had early and late in his career because of injuries. His ERA at just about 3.5. Is that Hall of Fame worthy? But you watch him pitch with the Diamondbacks, with the Red Sox, the World Series MVP, the, the championships, and maybe he does pass that eye test. But then again, you have the off-the-field issues. Conversely, you look at a guy like Omar Vizquel, uh, does he have those numbers? Does he have those numbers? But the eye test showed he was one of the best defensive players maybe to ever trot onto a baseball field. So I can't imagine the internal struggle that goes through your mind and, and a, a number of others who are voting for the Hall of Fame. Oh, de- definitely. That, definitely. That's why it's so hard every year. And I just, you know, I, st- I study, I take time with each guy. I, I look through their accomplishments. I, you know, the baseball reference uh, uh, online is, is a great resource yeah. as far as, okay, where did they stand uh, in, in certain categories? Um, and uh, I'm a, what awards were they considered, you know, the, uh, you know, some guys, they, they didn't uh, get so many all, all-star uh, uh Votes because they were overshadowed by another right. player at the time, but they were still great in their own, their own right. And uh, you're looking at the defensive metrics and Gold Gloves, and sometimes, you know, sometimes Gold Gloves are like given on reputation. But yeah. uh, you, I mean, you also you also probably earned that reputation. So, yep. um, uh, so it, it is you know very uh, it's very difficult every year when you when you when you you know try to take this uh, as seriously as I do. But you know this year I uh, you know I have not revealed my ballot, but I I will to you. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you were going you were going to ask me now. Um, uh, I, I voted for Kurt Schilling as as I said mm-hmm. and. And then I voted for Todd Helton, mm-hmm. and, and and it was again like I he kind of his case kind of grew on me. I didn't vote for him uh, right. last year. This is his third year on the ballot. I didn't vote for him the last two years. And then I'm, I'm looking, and you know you have to. And this is another part of the internal struggle. How, how much do you devalue his stats for playing in course field? Right, I was going to ask you that. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 uh, it's a hard question, and you're mm-hmm. looking at the the adjusted uh, uh, OPS plus for ballparks, right. and uh, you know that it wasn't overly an impressive number, but you know I looked at his splits, and I think he was, uh, you know, he was like 345 at home and like 287 on the road, which is which is not bad. Uh, yeah. um, so and and I looked, I think. You know, sometimes you're looking for things to strike you, stats or accomplishments. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I look at 12, 300 seasons, and I'm not that, that's pretty good. I think he had the, uh, the one year he had 372, which was probably a little coarse field inflated. Mm-hmm. But, little um, 
Yes. So, but I, you know, I came around to him this year. And another guy, the third guy, only voted for three, uh, add up to ten, um, was Billy Wagner. And, uh, you know, he's been on the ballot, uh, this is his sixth year, and, you know, he was kind of overshadowed by Mariano yep. and by uh, Trevor, Trevor Hoffman. But you look at, you know, I'm looking again this, this year, and I'm looking at some of the things where he's been the best in, in history for a certain amount of innings, yeah. like best opponent, opponent's batting average against in baseball history, yeah. uh, best uh, strikeouts per nine innings in baseball history, 2.31 uh, ERA and uh, six and saves and 4.22, which is a, a good number. It's not Mariano, but <laughs> it's I think second among second among lefties of all time, yeah. I believe. Uh, so I came around uh, on Billy Wagner just with the dominance factor, you know, striking me. Yeah, and those are three guys, and we're talking with Brian Heyman, who's been a Hall of Fame voter uh, for over a decade. Those are three guys that you know, honestly, like for me personally, I'm one of those ones who. You know their numbers before the steroids probably put them in Cooperstown. So if I had a vote, I probably would vote for Clemens and for Bonds. But those other three would be the only other three I would vote for. And you bring up Billy Wagner, who leads me to this other question. Billy, you brought it up. He was overshadowed by the guys he played with, by the Mariano Rivera, the greatest of all time, by Trevor Hoffman. Um, And to be able to put up the numbers that they did, I'm curious to see... What what are some you, you mentioned looking for things that that stand out to you that strike you? Is it dominance over a certain period of time? Is it championship performances? Is it historical numbers? Historical context? What are those things that really kind of jump out to you? Because again, a guy who's interesting and similar to Billy Wagner was yes he put up some great numbers, but he was overshadowed by the era, by the others who at his position in the in when he played. Another guy, Andrew Jones maybe doesn't have the career numbers, but for a span of time, you were afraid to hit the ball in the center field for, for a very long period of time when he was playing. Right. I, I look at him. He's another guy who I, I look at very closely because he had that, you know, he did. He had that stretch where, not only that, he was like a, a tremendous power hitter right. uh, for that stretch. Uh, I mean, he tailed off uh, a lot uh, in those later years and also, you know, a, a great defender. And then I, I, and then you know I get caught on two fifty four. I believe yeah. his lifetime average is two fifty four. <laughs> I get caught on that every year, and I'm like, how can I put a two fifty four hitter into the Hall of Fame? And I can't. Right. <laughs> That's me. But you know, he's. Uh, I I saw. You know, there's a, there's um, uh, the guy who uh, on Twitter who keeps yeah, track of the yeah. balloting, uh, Ryan Thibodeau. Um, and uh, last I saw, you know, Andrew Jones was gaining. Support uh, yeah. this this year, he was uh, like uh, uh, Ryan had like 155 of the ballots, like 39 percent uh, mm. into him, and Jones had like gained 23 votes over last year, and uh, that was tied with Roland with 23 gain, and Hel- yeah. Helton had 28 gain. Uh, so you know he's uh, he's gaining he's gaining support, but I. I you know, I don't think that uh, I think he's a, he's a ways off, and for me, I can't I, I, I can't justify even with that great stretch of time. I can't justify the oh, that overall number. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but you, but you're right. There's there's different things. Was how dominant were they? Is uh, have they done something in history that hasn't been done before? Right. Um, you know, with Schilling, with the post the postseason was 
I mean, 11 and 2, 223, bloody sock game. Uh, You know, and and the interesting thing about Schilling, besides his, you know, uh, kind of very far (laughs) right attitude, uh, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's. You know, he did. He did. He did a lot of good things, but he doesn't. I saw um, a USA Today story recently, and it had an interview, a quote from an interview from him in 2017, and he said he didn't think he was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so uh, that, I, I found I found that yeah. interesting. I'm like, well, why am I voting for you for? But right. um, no. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but I guess I, I guess I, I eventually thought that he was a Hall of Famer, and I think his postseason again yeah. pushed him over the top. For for me, I know he had over three thousand strikeouts and all, and uh, I think he had maybe three three hundred K seasons. But you know, his candidacy grew on me despite his baggage. Yep, and and Andy Pettit's another one of those with that postseason record where you're you're a little shocked to see his numbers so low, and especially considering who he played for, when he played for the Yankees, and all those championships and whatnot. But he's going to be an interesting case, I think, as as his as his time on the ballot progresses. Because he's got more wins than Schilling, he's got yes a higher ERA than Schilling, but um, you know he's he he was a part of that that dynasty and he was you know tremendously talented and especially in the postseason came up huge for them. So he'll be interesting to see. Not even twenty five hundred strikeouts, so may, he maybe not have the career numbers, but he has those accolades from a, and those rings that I think you know a lot of people look at um, when they do. I, I do want to ask you this too, Brian, um, because I think. Next year, as we mentioned, is going to be interesting. It's going to be the final year for Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. If they don't get in this year, it would also be the final year for Kurt Schilling. If he doesn't get in, same with Sammy Sosa, um, who Sammy, his numbers, you know, again, don't qualify for for me at least outside of that one year. Um, and yes, all the inflated home runs. But you're also going to have first ballot Hall of Famers or first ballot uh, listed uh, for the Hall of Fame in probably two of the most well-liked from a fan standpoint within their respective areas, but also one of the most controversial players from a broadened standpoint for Major League Baseball in Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz in 2022. So not to put a crystal ball and knowing that you've already said, you know, the suspected PED guys are not going to be a part of your ballot, but the reaction that they, that those two players would receive next year, especially if it is the final year of Bonds and Clemens also being on there? Well, I mean, I think, though, those two guys are going to get, uh, they're going to get their share of support. I don't think, you know, in, in a uh, perfect world without the cloud hanging over them, the, obviously they're, they're first, first ballot yes. people. And, you know, but if you look at what's happened with Bonds and Clemens, you've seen that their support has gradually gone up. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, expect that that, you know, might be wrong. Maybe they'll be first ballot people too, but I expect that they would, they would, you know, make a, make a run up the ladder like, like Bonds and, and Clemens have, have. And I wouldn't, you know, as, as maybe attitudes soften, uh, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they they got in. Maybe not the first year, but uh, mm-hmm. in one in one of the uh, subsequent years. So I, I could see them see them both making it. But you know, Ortiz really hasn't explained himself from that right. period of time, and A Rod's just uh, 
you know, he's, it's all out there. So when you get suspended every, for an every, entire every, year, it's kind of hard to, to look at him and go, this guy deserves it. You know, like that, that character clause that always gets quoted, you know, it's kind of tough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and even, and, and, and Manny Ramirez, you know, yep. and uh, I mean, I, he's such a, such a good hitter, but you know, he's, he's on, he's got the, his suspensions there. Um, so it's, uh, I, I can't vote for him, but, uh, and, you know, it makes, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of clouds the issue. And also, you know, do you, you, you wonder where the dividing line was? Uh, right. You know, you, maybe you could see it statistically, but do we, do we know that they started uh, at such and such a time yeah. uh, uh, when we saw, you know, physical changes in them or, or their, their stats picked up as they got older, which doesn't usually happen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for me, for me uh, and I've, I've, heard, I've heard that from others, too. You know, he would have been in the Hall of Fame uh, even before he started, but do we really know when is when? Exactly. Um, so it's it's so it's murky uh, murky situation, but yeah. there are also there there are career numbers to me that really are meaningful, and you know one is three thousand hits. So mm-hmm. um, you know I, I voted for Biggio for, and that was the main the main reason it was three thousand right. hits because I think even if you're around for a while that, that that's impressive. Still pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to ask one last question, Brian, before I let you go here. Um, Lord willing, fans are going to be able to attend. Cooperstown this this summer, they're going to be able to actually be a part of it, and we're actually going to be able to have that ceremony. And you're going to have it in an interesting way with Larry Walker and and Derek Jeter, the inductees from 2020, potentially going in by themselves without anybody from 2021, at least from the writer side of things. What do you see? Perfect world, people are able to go up there. What is this year's induction ceremony going to be like when you do have that kind of dichotomy of potentially one person, no people from 2021, but also two people, including two incredibly popular people from their fan bases in Derek Jeter and Larry Walker? Yeah, I don't think people are going to – I don't think – for for reasons you just said, that they're very popular, that uh, I – don't think people will be thinking, oh, there's no one in the uh, 2021 uh, class. I, I don't. I, I think that you know the Jeter, especially Jeter, especially being in New York State, if people are there, I mean that that's going to be the you know the the overwhelming uh, theme uh, of that gathering. And I, you know, I've, I've covered a lot of uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies up up there in, in Cooperstown. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is, it is a great event. It's a very hot event sitting out in the field there. Uh, but, uh, it is, it is, uh, it's something special just to see, you know, the, the Hall of Famers sitting up there on the stage and, and, you know, wel- welcoming in, in the new class. Um, and another thing that I saw this year online, as we, as we mentioned, there maybe there won't be anyone, uh, this year. I mean, shillings on the border, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, don't, don't, I mean, overall, I don't, I don't think it's going to de- detract from the, uh, from the, from the situation. I think that this year that, that the interesting thing I'm talking about is that they didn't, uh, there were writers who turned in more blank ballots than I've seen in, in past years. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe there are people who think overall, if, if they're not voting for the PED, Suspects that they don't think that uh, Billy Wagner, Kurt Schilling, and Todd Helton are, are Hall of Famers. Uh, so maybe the, maybe there is a perception that this is somewhat 
uh, of a weak class overall as far as the, the voting is going. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when, when these other guys get on the ballot soon, that, that's going to set off even more debates uh, over, uh, you know, what went on in, in that era, era and, uh, you know, do these guys deserve it? It'll be interesting to see for sure. The ballots will be announced on uh, January 26th. Brian, we appreciate your time, your insight, and, and of course for, for breaking news on, on, on revealing your ballot, uh, which I know you don't, you don't take lightly. So we certainly appreciate all of that, and, and hopefully you can be up there in Cooperstown with whoever is going in along with Jeter and Walker. Oh, that would that would that would be great. Uh, I would I would look forward to that. And, uh, and if I'm not there, I'll be watching the watching the highlights or something on TV. <laughs> thank you so much again. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Christian. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, it's Brian Heyman. Uh, again, it's interesting to see how these things happen. I'm always intrigued to talk to people who have the, the keys to Cooperstown. And, and uh, you know, Brian is one of those guys who I, I can't fault him for it. I, I understand it completely, not voting for the PED guys. I completely get it. And it's, it's that character clause. It's did you play the game the proper way? Pete Rose, for all of his faults, he has tremendous numbers. He's in the Hall of Fame in some way, shape, or form because he's got the record. He won't be in there because of what he did to the game of baseball. He, he, and do I think he should be in? Personally, yes, but I cannot fault those people who disagree with that. As same thing with Bonds, with Schilling, or with Clemens, with A-Rod and Ortiz next year, Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, anybody who has had that, I, I cannot I cannot fault them for it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I love that he did vote, though, for Billy Wagner because I think he's one of the more underappreciated uh, talents from a closer standpoint. So... Um, you know, we'll see what happens. And by the way, if you do get to go to Cooperstown at any point, go check it out. It's, it's a tremendous. If you haven't been there yet, and I will say this, a little hidden gem, Hey, Get Your Hot Dog has the best chili cheese dogs I have ever had in my life. I will put those up against absolutely anything. Go check it out in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, big thanks to Brian for being on the show today. Big thanks to you all for listening to the show this week and if you have any questions if you have any topics you want us to talk about that's where this show came from you wanted to know what it was like to be a hall of fame voter let us know find us on twitter instagram and facebook caught listening by public house media or email the show caught listening phm at gmail.com don't forget to share subscribe write and review share with all your friends we appreciate it till next week i'm christian heimel you have been caught listening I'm craving adventure. Thought we said no vacation this year. Let's take a trip to Total Wine. Tequilas and fruit-flavored vodkas, Chardonnays, Pinots, Proseccos. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more.